This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to That's Bangin', the food and drink podcast of Ireland. Where we talk to some of the brightest culinary minds in the country, as well as people who are just passionate about their food and drink. You'll hear all about what it takes to get a Michelin star above the door, as well as tales of adventure around some of the best places to eat on our wonderful island. All of this while we fill you in on the latest foodie happenings around the country and tell you what great bits we have eaten recently. In association with our friends, the local fresh... In association with local, fresh and tasty beer, Hop House 13. Made with more hops and more taste for more character. And please remember to always drink responsibly. Hello, I'm Chris Mellon, and welcome to That's Bangin', episode 8 of season 2. And this marks quite the occasion, because me and Marcus are going on the road for our next four episodes. We are mega, deci- mega excited. Whoop, whoop, Marcus O'Leary, number, number one, how are you doing? I'm doing good, man. I'm, I'm very happy. I'm excited for this episode, and I'm excited to get on the road. The sun is shining, it's a beautiful day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Life yeah. is good. Like, I just had an egg. <laughs> <laughs> egg and ham. The egg and ham. No, I just had a little, had a little egg. It was delicious. Um, do you know what? Usually we, we talk about what we've eaten kind of in the last week but i like would i be right in saying that like it, we, i think we, we're we gonna had, get we get straight into this we one. had such an incredible incredible experience this weekend that transcended food it transcended just stuff on a fork <laughs> and i think we should just dive into the introduction okay, so let's just dive into it because it is quite a special episode this week and our guest this week is a man with a passion for bringing people together at 16 years old he left kerry to work in jamie oliver's new restaurant 15 and over the last 20 years, his story sees one of the world's most famous chefs feature again and again. Head chef at Jamie's Barbacoa restaurant in London, igniting the barbecue scene in Cork with Holy Smoke, and now offering possibly the most unique dining experience in Ireland through 12 fires. We are absolutely delighted to welcome to That's Bangin', John Relahan. Hello, everyone. How John, are you, John? it's so good to have you, man. Thank you so much. Uh, it's an honor to be here, and uh, yeah, let's have some fun. Absolutely. <laughs> well, listen, speaking of fun, do you know what? Um, to kind of to go, like this is the first of our regional pods uh where where we actually went down to an experience and kind of and you were kind of i suppose central to that we were supposed to record our pod at 12 fires but we didn't get a chance with all the goings on but uh but you've been kind enough yeah. to give us a bit of time in studio here today and i suppose it's it's also good because we also have had a bit of time to just process how special it actually was it really was a special event and you know we're going to talk more and more about 12 fires but i think just to set the scene you know, we're in County Wexford. It's Smoke and Soul, Pat Conway, Jim O'Brien. John, can you firstly just describe to the listener what Smoke and Soul is and like how you first um, met the lads? So I guess just taking it back, uh, how I met the guys was actually down in Limerick in a field uh, at 2 a.m. in the morning as I'm building a block pit to cook a couple of whole pigs. <laughs> um, so that's how I met these two guys. Uh, these two characters are absolutely awesome guys. Uh, Jim is mad. He's crazy. He is an amazing guy. He has such a big heart. He's well able to cook and have a good laugh. Pat is just the most talented person who can make barbecues and smokers and fire pits and kind of keeps me and Jim under control. Um, (laughs) So since we met and since they laid eyes on me in that field at two o'clock in the morning cooking these whole pigs, and you can imagine that. Just a, what was this? Just a random field in Limerick? Were they just yeah. out for a midnight walk? Yeah, yeah. And they just see see you just in a hole. Am I right to say this is the World Barbecue Championships? That is correct. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I should have dropped that in there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, 
no, they, they, they caught me there at, at that time of the morning. They helped me out. And I knew straight away when these guys showed up and to help me at two o'clock in the morning cook these pigs and stay up all night with me and chat, I knew we'd be friends for life. Yeah. And ever since, we have always kind of got together and done some crazy stuff, whether it was cooking down at their house, going down, cooking awful, lots of different things and having fun. And I guess through our experience of last year when I could travel Ireland, I was taking a breakaway and I was going down to Wexford to cook with these guys at their home. It's a big, massive farm shed. It is in front. It's it's, was, in the, it's, it's down it's, a lane that's down another two lanes. Like yeah, it is. Correct. If they didn't warn you, that's down. It's down many lanes, and you know you, you <laughs> like, think you're going the wrong way. It's like walking into barbecue Narnia. It's <laughs> it. incredible. And you like, see the just, Lamasado outside. It is. It's what it's in through the wardrobe. It is. <laughs> it is. And you know, I was taking myself down there, and that was my yoga. Yeah. So, <laughs> so my, you know, I don't do yoga, but when I do, it is cooking animals over fire, and that was down at twelve fires uh, at Smoke and Soul, and. I guess I went down there and I was cooking lots of animals and stuff. And <laughs> and uh, he said, you know what? The experience that I had down there with them last year was something that I wanted to recreate, but I wanted to bring lots of people to it. Of course. To get them to experience what I had of that humble family, just country vibe in the middle of nowhere, cooking over fire and just falling in love with it mm. and with the people. Yeah, yeah and you just mentioned the people. Like... Jim, Jim's quite the character. Pat's quite the character. You know, the, the team you had there for 12 Fires was an amazing group of chefs. Everyone, you know, some great names from around the chef community. Yeah. And uh, I just felt like, you know, you, you have the right feel there. It is, it is a feel. It's a community kind of thing. But so, like, so what, what is 12 Fires for the, for the listener? So 12 Fires for the listener is basically uh, an event that I created where 12 Fires is based on the 12 months of the year. And every single month we're going to be looking at doing a different event. Each month is going to be dedicated to local suppliers and the seasonality of the animals, the land, the veg, the fish, everything. So it's all on the season on, on every month. Then linking it up with lots of different music, storytelling, uh, different amazing people coming in to work with me as well over the course of the week um, to cook all this food over fire. But also the most important thing as well is we want to showcase how to cook over fire in different methods yeah, yeah, and actually how to ha actually have a bit of fun with it yeah. in a communal space with lots of people. I think, Joe, you know, people get so intimidated by fire. I think yeah, every, a frying pan is safe. You know, like <laughs> well, an oven, <laughs> we have fish. But like, when you see like smoldering charcoal and like, you know, red hot or white yeah. hot, yeah. like it's just, it's it hits you somewhere different. You know, yeah, it's, yeah. it really brings you back to that kind of, that caveman-y kind of uh, thing. I think yeah. Jim, Jim said it when he was doing... So when you, when you first drive into the into Smoke and Soul, into the 12 Fires event, the first thing you see is the lamb asado, and it's two massive lambs. They're up. Yeah. They've, been, they've, been, they've been over the charcoal for like, you know, six hours. And uh, it's quite theatre, but the way that Jim described it was, you know, he says it's, it's ancient. It's, yeah. you know, and I think that's exactly what it is. And, you know, like when you look at it, it does look kind of scary. But then when you kind of break it down, all he's doing is, you know, putting embers underneath it all day. And it's just yeah. like a hot steel plate. And it's just, you know, and it's quite magical. It's quite beautiful. I, I loved watching Jim, like, you know, just watch the just lamb. Caress, you know I mean? yeah. caress just, the you know, coals. He, he talked about just kind of getting transfixed when you're cooking for 14 hours. And, you know, it's kind of, it's quite, I suppose, like, you know, it's a magical thing for someone yeah. that's, you know, that, that, that into it well I, I tell you one thing last year and actually as well this event there was guys and myself not sleeping all night because yeah. we were cooking that brisket so that brisket went on at 10 o'clock the night before yeah and you stay up down there the skies are clear yeah so this is my yoga kicking in here yeah, yeah. i'm looking up at the stars i'm clearing my head the brisket is going jim is getting up at like six in the morning yeah. bringing out that whole lamb to put it onto the fire 
the morning fog is right behind. Like literally, it's it's poetic, and it was amazing. It's like, it's yeah. like it's actually it's a complete like it is the the absolute opposite of like a perfectly portioned piece of meat going into a plastic bag and into a water bath. Like yeah. it's like oh, yeah. you know all that kind of like. <laughs> Modernist cuisine, or kind of <laughs> like you know, being like, "Oh, I sous vide this for many days." It's like, shut up! Look at this! Yeah. Look at Jim! He's raking yeah. actual coals under an actual lamb. What do you know, water bath boy? I have a water bath, <laughs> and I felt terrible watching Jim. I felt weak. I felt weak. I felt like a child about <laughs> to fight Mike Tyson. Like that's literally how I felt. To talk, to talk about the plates, but and like you know what what we actually did eat. What like what you're saying? You know, it's the complete opposite of that. Like the first thing that you know was handed to you. Walked in was that you know the the, the the little the little plate with the, the bit of toast and yeah. you have your pork roulette and oh, your piccalilli and we'll yeah. talk about this in a minute like you mm. know so you might have a little nickname that was given to you by a, a mentor of yours many years ago of but uh, this piccalilli was pretty special like you know uh, well, I'm not we, we'll tell the truth when the event was over we might have had a few beers afterwards and you know we might have been we what? might have been eating that piccalilli with a spoon later Chris, on that what? night <laughs> we did what <laughs> yeah. no such thing but, uh, no such thing <laughs> but um, yeah the piccalilli was it was literally it was edible with a spoon it's that good you know but yeah. That was that was that, that was the first thing you experienced when you come in. That was just a snack, and then we had a little brisket sandwich, and it was you know these are just kind of like you know your first your first dive into twelve fires, and then you know you're you're talking to people, you're out with Jim, you're getting the story of the the Lamasado, yeah. Pat's telling you about things, you're introducing people, and I thought that was great as well how everyone was introduced equally, you know, because yeah. you have all these different chefs, and you have Decky, and you have Bruno, and you know Aaron, and these are all great chefs in their own right, but they were all part of a team there to, that day, and I thought it's no egos, I thought, yeah, there yeah. was no egos. I thought yeah. it was, every everyone's a character. But there's no egos, which is quite, which is quite a hard dynamic. If you have a lot of people yeah. that are funny and you know characters, but they're still, you know, it's such a smooth run team. I thought that was really beautiful, mm. and yeah, we're just going to keep talking about Twelve Fires. It's just fantastic. Do you, you know, know what? just speaking about that brisket for a second, I think that like you know, if you're listening to this, I'm going to assume that you're into food and that you've probably watched Chef's Table, like barbecue over lockdown. Mm. Maybe you've even barbecued a little bit yourself. Yeah, and you know, you've seen like someone like Tootsie Timenez mm. or someone like that, like making this perfect barbecue. And I mean, they, listen, I'm not, I'm not throwing shade on any barbecue spots in Dublin but when I saw the brisket with this beautiful smoke mm. ring and it was moist and it was beautiful I was just like okay yeah. these guys these guys know yeah they know something you know it's that others don't there's no there's no there's no faking it here no like it's just and yeah well you know, fire is quite a special thing like that and I, I had a great conversation down there with a uh, with Juan from Glenmar Seafood. Legend. And, you know, Legend. Juan, Juan says to me after it's all over, and he goes, we're very lucky to be here today. This is quite special. But then he started talking about Francis Malman, like the famous Argentinian like chef that cooks over fires and stuff like that. Mm. And, you know, making comparisons about what we'd seen today and stuff like that. And, you know, just a comparison to Francis Malman in one way is quite special. Yeah. But, like, you know, I think Juan is quite a special character. You know, shout out to Glenmar. Shout but, out uh, to Glenmar. You know, but there was great, it was great to see so, so, so many food community people there at the event. It's a small enough event which makes it intimate, which, makes, which I think is really important for the event as well because Absolutely. you can you can walk up and you can have a look at what's going on in the grill you can really see you're not miles away from it you know there's it's quite if you had a hundred people there people wouldn't be able to kind of gather around and have a look at what's going on but it was intimate and it was quite beautiful but uh yeah great to see Juan great to see a few of the faces from the community the food community in Ireland mm -hmm. at, at 12 fires as well definitely no it was a uh, it was like you know I know we're kind of harping on about this but genuinely Chris and I went down and like the next day we we were a bit delicate but even still just the <laughs> the happiness was just overflowing yeah. Like, if you are listening to this, just look up 12 Fires. Just do yourself a favor. Check it out. It is, it's phenomenal. I'm going to, I'm going to just like, you know, while, while we're still on 12 Fires, I'm going to just like, just read some of the menu out because it's quite, I, I, I found, I found it quite faultless all day long. I just thought <laughs> everything, I just thought everything was so, 
delicious like you know but like you know for starters we had stuff so like the probably the first thing that actually we what came out was actually something that was actually cold not cooked you know yeah. so you know quite a bit of it quite a bit of something else so we had a lovely, a lovely venison carpaccio and that and the story was told about how this deer was shot like you know d- two weeks ago and brought down from the Wicklow Mountains by uh, I believe it's a butcher up in uh, Ratneau that they yeah, use uh, uh, Martin the butcher yeah Martin, the yeah, craft yeah. butcher the craft butcher in Ratneau Amazing, yeah passionate guy yeah yeah yeah, yeah. fantastic we, so we had the venison carpaccio lemon rapeseed oil pickled beetroot parmesan cheese and it was just it was so beautiful we had the smoked bone marrow which I got oh. like, the smoked bone marrow was you know yeah. it, it really kind of blew people away on the day because I've had I've had bone marrow before and you know bone marrow is delicious but this this really this really was something special and I know you obviously have you know your links to St. John where that came yeah. from you know so that's something that's quite special to you as a dish as well to be smoked absolutely smoke. you know just remembering that dish and that's one of the main reasons I done it was number one I'm in a farm shed in Wexford number two my history of working in St. John's and that family vibe in St. John's. St. John's is an amazing restaurant in London mm. and it's such a family vibe and the people are so friendly but the food is incredible in there and that bone marrow I always remember it where the first time I had it was there and you spread it onto that toast with your parsley cake oh. or shallot salad with the lemon dressing and the little Himalayan sea salt mm-hmm. sprinkled on top and that bone marrow is soft and just delicious yeah. on a the, beautiful fresh sourdough I, I've often said that literally the St. John bone marrow is part of my death row meal mm-hmm. and St. John is also like my death row restaurant like <laughs> yeah. it is what yeah. And also, just like it, as soon as I saw the the bone marrow coming out of the smoker, I was just like, "This yeah. is this is a dish of love yeah. from you." It's a, it's your little love letter to Fergus. How long were you, you know? in? How long were you in St. John? I was there for about three years. Three years, and really, yeah. it was just like I'm very close with all of them and very close friends with all of them. And it's so hard to for me just to go back to London. I always have to go there. Number one, mm-hmm. that is my place where I go. I'll have a, a Welsh rare bed with oh, yeah. a pint of Guinness. Um, and and an Eccles cake with some Lancashire cheese. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> my that's my trip to London. Would you go uh, Dr. Henderson's for Ned ice cream? Absolutely. Yeah. Marcus, is there any other highlights on the on the twelve fires menu for you? And like um, obviously, obviously we have to talk about the the tomahawk pork chops because when, pork when chops. we first when we first came in, John John comes over to me and he just shows me a pork chop and it's like you know it, it's. Many inches thicker, they're like oh, it's about the size of my fist. It's, it's, like, it's like a, du- like a, a fist double cut, a fist. thick double cut pork chop. Yeah. yeah. So then they're brined, and you you can actually take it away about what, yeah. what the process for the pork chop um, is. You know, with the pork chop, it was using really great pork with uh, Martin the butcher, the craft butcher, and of course, when I got those pork chops, um, I looked at them and I said, right, how am I going to make it better? And I made a brine, and I brined it for twenty four hours. It was water, apple juice, uh, orange peel, rosemary, thyme, sage, mustard mm. seeds, cumin. The whole recipe is there. If someone doesn't actually know what brining does, would you just break it um, down very quickly? So brining just adds 15% more liquid to your meat when you're cooking it. So it adds more flavor. It adds more moisture. of moisture to mm. that meat. So if you're cooking large, whether it's a turkey or you're cooking whole pork shoulders or pork chops, uh, kind of slowly because those pork chops took about an hour and a half to cook over the fire. Mm. So I never rushed it. And that's the key thing cooking over fire is patience. number one, patience, love, attention, affection. You baste it with butter. You baste it with that oh, hairbrush. All that butter. <laughs> All that, butter. <laughs> that butter. Let's not talk about the butter. <laughs> um, about a kilo of butter. Um, and you just put it over the fire nice and slowly. And the key mm. thing is not to rush it. And that is the key thing with fire. Yeah. And but these were these were definitely the, it was definitely the best pork chop I've ever tasted. And when you talk about the moisture, I just thought that was re- that was really something that hit home with me because when when you know it was sliced up nice nicely, and then when I was just kind of taking bites, or even before you're just looking at it and the visuals of it, and you can actually see 
how juicy of a pork chop this is. It was quite special. I, I, I found this a special event, but like I thought that was quite special. Then obviously the lads bringing in the lamasado on their backs, you know. That's it. And then obviously then just I thought what another thing that was probably the biggest bit of theatre of the day was actually them like you know taking the lamb apart when it when it came in. So you have Pat and Jim, you know, they take out their knives and it's 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 yeah. done it's done in a matter of seconds and it's people are standing around. You're looking people, at it and you're you know, like these guys have mm, maybe done this once or twice. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I thought all day it was actually quite a special event where people you know John used. You talked me about this saying you didn't want people with their phones out all day. No. And you know, people didn't. Now, people obviously, there was so much to take photos of, and people were taking photos of the lamb and stuff outside. But when you were actually in the room at the event, people had their phones put away yeah. until that moment <laughs> when the <laughs> lambs came in. And you see that, you see how, how expertly these were being dissected. And it was just quite special. And then while the, so they done two lambs in the space of like a minute, and then while, the, while they're done the second lamb, the first lamb is already on the table, already yeah. been sliced up, you know, into sli- little pieces. And then I thought it was quite special where, you know, you got all different parts of lamb. So I got a bit of lamb neck and then that was quite a bit different texture than the other bit of the lamb that might have had from fillet, somewhere else. The leg to the yeah, loin so to the it, strap it was to just, the saddle. You know, brilliant. And then just to finish off the mains then we had a beautiful lemon sole oh, that yeah. was caught locally. Beautiful, beautiful. fish. Mm-hmm. You know, really. And we had a nice bit of like, you know, something different from the fish we had in the starter because the mackerel in the starter was quite different than the lemon sole. So, it was, you know, there was such a great array of food that day and uh, it's a really, really special event, you know. Um, anything else to say about 12 Fires, Mark? Just absolutely. Like, I was just blown away. The main thing that really kind of just brought it together for me was that it was all family style. Yeah. You know, it's kind of, I suppose, after 18 months of social distance and, <clears throat> you know, having to kind of, you know, be, be like, kind of, I suppose, intentionally away from people, this was the first time that I'd actually sat at a table with, like, a few people and just... I think we talked about it beautifully on the Sunday afterwards. That was the first time we've met new people yeah. in ages. Yeah. We talked to, you know, just talking to, I, 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 you know, I'd, I'd seen Smoking Soul at the Big Grill before. Andy Newton from the Big Grill was sitting beside us. Great to have Andy there, having a bit of crack with Shout him. Shout out to Andy. And, and obviously just Andy's knowledge of everything that's coming onto the table as well. He, you know, he's a great chef in his own. Ex-Stats banging guest. But uh, yeah, but then just there was another guy sitting beside me called Oliver. He was in the army. He, you know, yeah. he was just there. At, you know, he got to buy a ticket. He mm-hmm. was just really into his food. Just yeah. chatting to him. He was a really interesting guy. Great guy. So, you know, his just, partner Joe was, as well. Shout out to them. Yeah, absolutely. And just meeting new people again. It, that's like that's amazing. Just to meet new people again. But I thought the intimacy of the event was beautiful like that as well. Chatting to just you know different people. But John, I think you uh, you summed it up very well when you kind of you were saying the fire is comfort and it's safety yeah. and it's bringing it brings people together and it, it was exactly that yeah in, oh look uh, in as jim going back to jim what he said it's like ancient cooking as well you know people cook all around the world like this um more so in you know all all different continents around the world they all have their own ways of cooking and you know it brings family together it brings community together it's comfort it's security it's warmth it's food it's delicious food mm-hmm. um and it's all cooked over the flame and it, you know you sit Beautiful. outside and you I, talk i think that like one thing it really hammered home for me is that like as much as i love fine dining and i love you know fancy restaurants and michelin stars and everything like that there's a certain amount of snobbism in that food and there's a certain amount of like if you, you have to know something to really appreciate mm-hmm. it you know you mm-hmm. have to know the context and something yeah. whereas like this food was like, it was easily of the same quality, yeah. but it brought people together. And it was almost this kind of, instead of being a separatist, clicky kind of thing, it was actually, it, it was it was more than just food. And as, as the way I put it, there was no secrets at it. It was an open event. The kitchen was open. You could see every part of that kitchen mm-hmm. right in front of you. You could see every single thing that I was cooking for you mm. and everyone in front of you. Mm. Uh, the lamb is cooking out there. The recipe for that lamb is... Lamb. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Because it's one heck of a lamb. All right. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) 
<laughs> but that, I suppose that was that was the beauty of that event. And, What's like your secret? Uh, outside. <laughs> cook some lamb. And Jim, Jim kind of said that outside. You know, he's like he had it had a little cauldron, and it's just salty water with a bit of rosemary, and he's just kind of like you know, oh, just like, keep just keeping a bit of salt on the skin. Just, and it was like around a little shillelagh, you know, yeah, like yeah, like yeah, a little yeah. leprechaun's yeah. walking stick covered in rosemary, just <laughs> dusting it on. Looked like I was in Harry Potter. It was amazing. <laughs> we're okay. gonna talk. We're gonna talk a little bit more about Twelve Forest towards the end, and give you more information about you know this is gonna be an event that like John said, it's gonna be it's gonna be once a month coming forward hopefully next year but like you know there's a big event at Christmas time that we're going to tell you a little bit more about in a while but we're going to take things back for a minute and we're going to talk about you know John's earlier days and uh, let's leave leaving home as a teenager from 15 well work, sorry as 16 yeah. working in 15 and then some get reality TV for good measure you know a few different things going on yes, in John's life. Sure, and then not? obviously getting Chris and Johnny Pickles can you bring us back to like you know your first trip to London your first trip to London as a 16 year old Kerry 16 yeah. Kerry you know? to London the big schmuck yeah, yeah that's it absolutely yeah. it's, it's the capital of Ireland that place that yeah. little village <laughs> <laughs> but you said you, you said from your first your first uh, interview with Jamie you had a real connection with him and absolutely. I suppose that proved over the next 20 years of you know being him intertwined in now to your cooking career yeah absolutely look I grew up until I was 16 in Ireland Went to school, picked up lots of jobs down there and all of that. And look, I always cooked for my mother uh, growing up. And I guess that was the whole point of where I guess I fell in love with the food, where I was kind of feeding her. And it was that kind of comfort side where she was coming back from work. She was working really hard. Uh, I would have the food ready for her. And that's where I kind of saw the happiness of when you're cooking for people. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why it kind of comes back to 12 fires as well. But when I saw my mother happy, that's kind of where I fell in love with the food. I was always kind of working out with my uncle in landscaping and gardening and all of that. And then I picked up a small job in a restaurant. And one night I was lying in bed and I saw Jamie on TV, Jamie's Kitchen, uh, mm. just on there. And I just said, you know what, I'm going to write this guy a letter. No so, way. Yeah, a, liter- a letter. A like letter. an actual, like pen to paper. Pen to you, paper you bought a stamp. W- with a stamp in the local <laughs> shop. You licked, you licked an envelope. <laughs> like, you know, this thing. You know? Yeah. And, and, I, and I read this letter and I said, Dear Jamie. I and says, you were what age at this point? I was like uh, 15, 16. So oh, right. to be on the course, you had to be 16 and above. So yeah. I was kind of around that age uh, at Leaving Cert. And I, I read this letter up and I said, Right. Jamie, look, you know, I want to be a chef. I want to come to London. I want to do this. I want to work with you. I saw the TV show where he was helping young kids come off the streets of London um, and everything. And me coming from Ireland was a different situation where I came from one street, um, literally (laughs) my village. (laughs) And I got a letter back uh, after a couple of months and... I was like, wow, a letter from London for myself. Wow, this is really cool. <laughs> um, let, let me book my first air, airplane ticket. Yeah, fly yeah, out from yeah, Shannon yeah. into London. First time on an airplane and train and the trains. Oh, was it, was it, a le- it was a letter back from Jamie. It was a letter back from his company, of course, yeah, saying, yeah. you know, we'd love to have you over for the first round of interviews wow. and stuff. And then I went over and I went to a place called Hammersmith College. And it was Jamie. And I remember every single thing, like in my mind, I'm picturing it right now. And there was a guy called Santos, a Brazilian guy who's like a father figure to me. There was Jamie. There was a few of his uh, Peter Bag, And there was lots of amazing people around. And I'm just picturing it right now. And mm. I went up and the first thing that Jamie put, gave me uh, was actually a scallop crudo. And I remember the whole thing. And he says, try this dish because it was a whole taste yeah. test yeah, to see yeah. what you knew. And it was a scallop crudo, and I'm going to read it out really quick in my head. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, with a sc- raw scallop crudo with yuzu lime, with pomegranate, shisha cress, coriander cress, fried ginger, a fresh coconut, and fontodi olive oil on oh top, right? What I can, can you identify? I can... Uh, All ingredients that, that were probably commonly Did found in Kerry at the time. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Loads of shisha. They're, I'm <laughs> mad for yuzu in, in two cysts. The first thing I said to Jamie, he goes, what did you think about that? And I goes, what, what do you taste? And I says, 
I taste nuts. <laughs> That's all I could say. <laughs> I froze. I didn't know yeah. what to say. I'm a 16-year-old yeah, 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 guy yeah. from Kerry who never ate scallops or pomegranates or shisha crisps yeah, yeah, yeah. and ginger. Like, what? Um, <laughs> hey, it was it was hilarious. And, you know, look, it wasn't the point of being able to identify everything on that food. It was about the person, the individual, the passion, the love that they had for the food. Yeah. Then I had another meeting with Jamie after and his team and... They said, why, if, if you don't get onto the course, what are you going to do? I said, I'll go back to Ireland. I will carry on being a chef and I will reapply again next year. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. And he goes, good. Uh, so anyway, we done another few interviews and stuff like that. And I actually got on board. So I actually ended up flying over to London to start college, to work with him, uh, work at 15. Now, 15 is just a hub of family. Now, unfortunately, 15 has moved on. Mm. Uh, but the spirit of 15 hasn't. Mm. Uh, and we're still a very tight bunch of people. Um, yeah. And of course, F- fifteen was Jamie, Jamie's restaurant that was basically built to take yo- generally young young people yeah. who are kind of from mm-hmm. like different are, backgrounds, different in backgrounds, who, mm-hmm. who kind of is basically keeping them off the streets. Yeah, and like, yeah, yeah. absolutely. A lot, of, a lot of people like young offenders, and young offenders, and then they had myself in there. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Like what? <laughs> and what? Were you quite? Were you quite unique in the in, um, in the, being in the kitchen there? Yeah, um, absolutely. Look, coming from a small village, and you know these guys had all different backgrounds, and a lot of them are some of my best friends like that I, yeah. I love catching up with and I bring them back to Ireland um, you know one of them like he, he used to take cars and stuff take them around London yeah. Just, yeah. literally <laughs> just take them why, well, why not he, was, he wasn't um, an Uber driver like. <laughs> he, he wasn't an Uber driver, driver yeah um, and, and, and look they changed their life for the better and some of them have amazing families and restaurants and businesses and they're entrepreneurs in their own right right now and I'm so proud of all of them and mm. being a part of that and coming from a small village to a big city like London and they took me under their wing. Jamie took me under their wing. Gennaro took me under his wing. Yeah. Santos. His whole team just gave me so much mm. love and passion and taught me the rights and the wrongs and, you know, little food trips in and around Europe and stuff to Italy mm. to try the best of the wine and the food and everything. And that was lovely for me. Well, I think like, you know, we talk about Jamie Oliver. One thing that he really has done is leave a legacy mm. through like, you know, true like you're talking about these chefs in 15 and true yeah. what he's done for school dinners and true what he's done for different things over yeah. the years. Like, you know, oh, he, the man's a legend. The man's like a legend. Yeah. The man is a legend. And he's probably one of the most recognizable chefs in the world. Yeah. You know, if not, like, if, if not the mo- number one. Like, yeah. It's kind of yeah. him and a him and him and another blondie fella. Him and pa- <laughs> Papa G. Yeah, um, with, his, with his seventy Michelin stars. So where, um, where? So post Jamie, did like, did you? Where did? Where else um, did you go after that? So I worked at fifteen, and I actually graduated from fifteen and from college and everything. And I done this dinner for um, Richard Branson, and he ended up sponsored my flight to America, and Jamie got me a graduation uh, gift as in a sponsorship to yeah. San Francisco to work at a place called Encanto. Okay. Uh, and that was absolutely amazing, kind of catching up with all of them at this amazing dinner. Um, and, and then and Richard Branson's just like... Just sitting there, <laughs> humble, hum- humble guy, absolutely amazing guy. Um, really, With yeah. his beautiful family and everything. And he was like, look, they're going to take care of the flights. You go over there to San Francisco. So I went to San Francisco and got my ass whooped <laughs> over there uh, by an amazing guy called uh, Chris Cosentino, which was the Encanto restaurant that was all about cooking um, head to tail animals. Yeah. Um, in that restaurant, it was absolutely amazing. I cooked for many amazing people with Chris. Uh, I was one of Chris's sous chefs as well at one point because I ended up going back to America and we'd done a head-to-tail dinner for no reservations for Anthony Bourdain. Oh no way. God. Wow. And, and that was really? uh, that was one of the most amazing experiences ever doing that. Um, and Anthony um, just sitting there eating food with lots of amazing people like Harold McGee and everything, which is an amazing no food scientist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
around the Harold world. Harold McGee is a legend as yeah. well, like really yeah. just unbelievable um, guy. Harold is just a humble guy that looks good in a bow tie every day, mm. and he's just a class guy. So and after you've listened, finished, finished listening to this episode, I'm gonna go watch the the Noise of Reservations yeah. episode. Now you're you're gonna see a young ginger guy with lots of freckles <laughs> um, <laughs> running yeah. through the kitchen crying. Um, <laughs> uh, and and actually one of the funny things, I'll, I'll tell you a quick story about this, right? Uh, so. Chris was on the pass and Chris is a really hard chef to work with. He's an amazing guy. He knows what he wants and he will get it. And I'm running the kitchen inside there and I have guys, two chefs to my left and to my right. And I'm in the middle and I'm doing this uh, snout. So I'm doing actually a pig's nose with uh, a salsa verde on top and I had to crisp any under. So we were calling it like a bit of pig's head basically. So and very nose to tail. like yeah, Very yeah, nose yeah. to literally tail. Figuratively, um, yeah. like, <laughs> like everything from goose intestines to beef heart tartare oh, yeah. to... Uh, big brain, little brain, which was a dish, was uh, calf's brain and lamb's testicle. So it's the big brain, big little brain. brain, little brain. And, <laughs> yeah, and, and nice. it was it was lots of fun. It was lots of fun stuff. And of course, the pig's head. And then I'd done everything, but I forgot to put this onto the, the salamander to get it crispy. And Chris just turns around. He was shouting at me and he was in front of the whole restaurant. He was like, John Relahan, give me head now. <laughs> 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 and, 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 and it was it was like one of those things I just kind of stopped for a second the whole restaurant just bursted into laughing and and he was like give me head give me head and and I was like uh, give me five minutes I'll, I'll have it ready for you um, <laughs> so yeah that, that that was that and uh, of course Anthony and everyone was sitting outside there uh, all listening all laughing yeah. and it was one of the most amazing experiences cooking with Chris uh, having the fun, going to the, the farmers markets and everything, and that was all true. Of course, fifteen, um, yeah. and that was mm. thanks to Jamie. Like, um, and then after that, I ended up coming back, and I met a wonderful guy called Adam Perry Lang. Adam oh, Perry, yeah. another another legend of yeah. uh, an amazing restaurateur, incredible chef yeah. as yeah. well. And, and it's open fire cooking again, like oh, I, oh, this was real open fire cooking. This was uh, building. Uh, you know, Jamie asked me, "Would you like to come back and?" work in a small restaurant in London called Barbacoa and I was small, like yeah yeah this is small treat like, yeah 400 seat restaurant what, yeah it's small yeah it was um, on top of St. Saint, Saint, Saint Paul's Cathedral St. Paul's yeah. Cathedral yeah, yeah. absolutely I was there a couple of years ago well 2019 maybe two years, long, after, long after your time yeah but uh, yes it's, yeah. it's quite just the view itself you know, you get there around there is insane but so sorry John continue yeah, please no 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 um, so with Adam I spoke to Jamie I spoke to Adam and I ended up spending in a small little test kitchen Probably the best time of my, my life was uh, working in a small little test kitchen with Adam Perry Lang and a guy called Santos, uh, which I mentioned before. And of course, Jamie coming in to taste the food. And it was about going to the market and buying lots of different food, whether it was whole pigs or lambs or birds or fish and cooking it over on fire. And all I had in there was a tandoori. I had a fire pit. I mm -hmm. had a barbecue. I had a smoker. I had a robotic grill. Um, I had all the different types of fire equipment mm. to cook over and have fun with. And then we opened up the restaurant, Barbacoa. Um, and that was just a beast of a restaurant. We'd done everything in-house there. We had our own butchery shop downstairs. Do we even have a 400 cover restaurant anywhere in Ireland? Is there one? Don't I don't think. Don't think so. No. Like the scale of that, like even, no. you know, having kind I of... I doubt it because I, I literally was only talking about the day we were looking for it. I was literally looking for a venue. The, like, the larger mm. venues that, that do in Northern Ireland and Dublin. And you know there was like I couldn't find anything over three hundred, and that would have been a stretch. No. I, I, look, you know, London has the population, and it's in central London. And you know, like on our busiest there, day there, we were doing like one thousand one hundred covers, and yeah. everything was cooked straight out of the fridge, straight onto the grill. 
Um, there was nothing. The only things that would have been ready beforehand, just right before the service, would be the slow cook stuff like the baby back ribs or the pork shoulder or the brisket, mm. yeah. of course. Which has been cooking for how long? Like yeah, yeah. So all, all overnight. And mm. I had a, a team of chefs working overnight to do that. Uh, and in there, then there was a whole team like there would have been about 30, 40 chefs in there and 10 butchers downstairs and all the porters and everything. And, you know, the, the crew of Cannot chefs. Cannot imagine the size of your fridges. <laughs> <laughs> big. Uh, and probably not big enough, actually. Yeah, <laughs> They're always not big enough. The thing that sticks with me, but it's just like, you know, that little test kitchen yeah. with you and Adam Perry Lang and Santos that and Jamie coming in and tasting. That just, I know, I could see when you talk about that, the nostalgia just on your face, yeah. just going like, you know, and, and all the time you're cooking. that, And I can just see it now, like, you know, all these different barbecue, like, well, the barbecue is the word, yeah. these, these different grills and different, different mm. types of open fires. But just like, you know, how long were you actually testing this stuff out before the restaurant opened? About eight months. About eight months. About eight months. And it was wow. amazing. It was uh, magical. Eight months of waking up every day and just going to a playground. Yeah. You're yeah. not cooking for people. You're just mm. cooking to cook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. And, and creating recipes with them and having fun. And that's where I kind of developed that recipe for the piccalilli. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so is this where you got the name Johnny Pickles? Johnny, Well, Johnny Pickles came when we were opening up the restaurant. And the story around the Johnny Pickles part was uh, one who changes the building where Barbacoa was. And there was all these different shops. And there was a shop downstairs that had a, a paint spill and some fumes. So what they actually done was they closed down central part of London. Um, of course, uh, people started collapsing. So they called really? all the fire. Yeah, they called the fire brigades and it was a shop downstairs. Yeah, so right. they, they exited everyone from the building. And on that day was the uh, one of the inductions and Jamie was showing up. And I spent about three days prepping a <laughs> massive batch of piccalilli. Like, I mean, every little florette of cauliflower <laughs> and broccoli was perfect. So I spent three days <laughs> and... And, and then I spent a whole half a day cooking it because when you cook the piccalilli and if you want, I go through the stages of the recipe. Like, <laughs> oh, I, I don't want to hold it, back it, on the recipe. It's recipes. quite special. It is quite special and the recipe is there if anyone wants it. And I spent s different stages of cooking it and everything was all about bringing out the flavor of the mustard seeds, the aisle, the cumin, the turmeric, the flour, the cider, everything that was working in there and all the veg took time to cook. So what they actually done was the alarm bells went off, they cleared the building. I'm not going to leave. <laughs> I don't care what is happening outside. I'm staying to finish this big batch of piccalilli. How big a batch are we talking? Um, you're talking 25, 50, about 75 litres. <laughs> oh, days. All right. So if I left, this is overcooked and I'd have to start again. We opened the restaurant in two days. Not, not, hap not happening. Not, yeah. not happening. Sorry, guys. Um, so security came in and they cleared out everybody. All the staff went out. I said, no, no, no. I'm taking it all out. It's going into the blast chiller. Need to get look. Need to look after this big batch right now. Uh, and, and get it going and Jamie was outside and he asked people who is in there and it was like just John and he was like Johnny Pickles <laughs> 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 and, and since then that name has kind of sticked and uh, it's a cool name it, it, I like it I like it it's, it's, cool it's kind of Simpsonsy, isn't it yeah hey Johnny Pickles <laughs> <laughs> but uh, obviously that, that if you're saying you'll give us that recipe for the pickle lily we'll, we'd love to have we'd love to put that up on our Instagram stick it up on our Instagram yeah. yeah. you, you did kind of walk me through it yeah. on, on Saturday at, uh, at 12 hours and it's not it's not as straightforward as you, as you think like you know oh, it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, you know look it's, it's, it's just about having fun when you're making it and just make it a few times and you're good yeah yeah. yeah. I suppose like sorry Marcus I suppose like to kind of like return home uh, you know like when you came back to you came back to Ireland you came back to Cork specifically yeah. and uh, you know Smoke and Soul you, was, you, you kind of introduced barbecue into Cork into that part of the country Holy Smoke Holy, Holy Smoke. Smoke Holy Smoke oh, sorry yeah. Smoke sorry yeah. Sorry, Holy yeah. Smoke, of course. Holy smoke. Um, yeah. smoke and soul on the brain. Yeah. But uh, Holy Smoke, of course, and we talked to Decky down there at the weekend yes. as well. He was with you, uh, with you at Holy Smoke. You know, look, for, for, for me, everyone that was down at 12 Fires are people that I love working with me. 
and I work with them throughout my stages mm. of the career and you know soon enough I'll be bringing over all the people from London as well to work with me uh, during the day of 12 fires it was Jimmy from he's now in Gather and Gather yeah um, yeah yeah Jimmy's yeah. an amazing guy without him I couldn't have done it the last day that's um, Jimmy uh, uh, Kyo. 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 Yeah. Kyo and then I had Craig his brother Decky of course who I hired for Holy Smoke yeah, yeah. And yeah. Decky Walsh right? Decky Walsh Decky that Walsh. is it and he's just a fantastic guy so humble um, amazing talented chef as well and Waterford man proud. Waterford, I'm very proud of it. <laughs> I've never uh, met somebody from Waterford who's actually like I'm not. I don't. I'm not into the place. Like anybody. <laughs> like, I, I don't. There, there aren't many. I think Mayo and Waterford are the two counties that like it's not. It's it's a personality type as well as a as well as a location. <laughs> yeah. Like it's really. Like, yeah, but the, yeah, because they're but they're never they're never in no, Mayo or Waterford. No, they get out of there straight no, away. Do you know what? Like it's like Waterford people will just be like. We'll just drop randomly into conversation and be like, you ever heard of a blah? <laughs> it's like this flowery bap that's like, it is, like I've, I've, one of my colleagues is a guy from Waterford and like literally, he came in one day, he was like, listen, I was talking to a distillery about possibly making vodka out of blahs. <laughs> wow. <laughs> like, like, it's just like the love, the love mm. that they have mm. for just a flowery bap mm. and a soft blah with a little bit of bacon. <laughs> That's it. Nothing <laughs> wrong with that. better in the world. The people in Cork are quite proud people as well. Yeah. And I suppose with Holy Smoke, like you have quite a large restaurant there as well. Like yeah. 80, 80 something seats maybe? Yeah, it was about 80 seats. Like Holy Smoke, when we opened it up, it was in the Maradike and it was a fantastic place. And I guess we, this was a couple of years back where I guess barbecue never really came to Ireland. It, yeah. it, it, it kind of, came and it kind of came across the pond this was American style barbecue of course that we we're doing down there and what I do now is fire cooking and barbecue so there's a, a big difference of what I actually do now yeah. as opposed to the American style barbecue um, but I guess barbecue kind of came hovered over Ireland and it went just straight into London and that was it. Yeah. So I was kind of a little bit too early, I guess, in the game with the barbecue over here. And we were doing it in London. And look, it was great. It was fun. It was lovely. And of course, I moved on from that. You know, all the meats we were getting from the English market, local suppliers. You know, we we're using the best of the chickens and everything and the best of the pork. And we knew everyone. And we were having lots of fun down there. And we were doing master classes and teaching people on how to cook over fire and barbecues. But it was early in the days when barbecue wasn't really necessarily in Ireland. Yeah. yeah. So this was around the time where, I guess, Pip Rose and all of those other places were kind of opening Just up. Just starting to land. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But again, because nowadays there is quite there's a decent offering. There's a decent offering. Oh, yeah. Obviously, we talked about Andy Newman earlier on, yeah. and what he's done with the Big Grill Festival, the which King you know, you've been, like you know, everyone here yeah. has been to the Big Grill Festival. You know, be, been part of it at different yeah. times, some years. But uh, like you yeah. know, it, he is you know, you could call him the king. Of, he'd love to be called the king of barbecue, I suppose. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. but he is. And then obviously, then what he's done with Based in the last while, John. Obviously, you were yeah. cooking at Based this year. Of course, I was. You know, yeah. and like you know, great to yeah. see you in there. And like you know, what what a great day it was as well for the, the last day of Based that we're there. Hopefully, Andy has some things uh, conjuring at the moment. Moment. He might have uh, slipped a few. Mm. He might have slipped a few hints there at the weekend. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no barbecue really has came on, I suppose. And we we're just talking about pit rows and you know smoking bones and yeah. meat mafia. My, my, my meat wagon. My meat wagon. There's, yeah. there's, there's, there's quite an offering in Dublin at the moment. And then obviously your Brazilian barbecue kind of guys as Be well. Skewers, Be skewers. So Bruno, Bruno was one of your chefs down. Bruno Amado. Bruno you know. is an absolute legend. I yeah. met him uh, over Instagram. Walking down the street, he just called me back one day, and I went in, and ever since we've been doing a few different videos together. Yeah. Best of friends mm. and. Uh, I had some great chats with Bruno the weekend. Talented. He's quite a, you know, quite, quite, quite into his food. Like you know, he really passionate about it. And uh, you know, check out Beast Gears on Dorset Street uh, as another barbecue offering in Dublin. And tell you what, before we talk a bit more about the videos you'll be doing, we're just going to have a quick little uh, cross promo for some other great shows on the Head Stuff Podcast Network. 
Absolutely. So we are available from everywhere you would normally get your podcast. And of course, Headstuff Podcast. We are part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. And if you would like to support us, you can now too. True Headstuff Plus. You can. <laughs> Keep it going. Keep it Signing rolling. up to the Headstuff Plus community not only helps your favorite Irish creators do more of what they do best, but you also get a heap of bonus content from every show on the network, regardless of which show you support. So jump on and help us help us by buying us the equivalent of a pint or a cup of coffee and support us through Headstuff Plus by receiving some great bonus content. This week's cross promo on the Headstuff Network is Sissy That Pod. Sissy That Pod, amazing. Here's the trailer. Come on, Sissy That Pod, let's get thickening! Are you a fan of the Emmy award-winning show RuPaul's Drag Race? Do you think about Roxy Andrews at the bus stop? And do you belong in Party City? Well, Sissy That Pod is the podcast for you. Join me, James, and my co-host, Keen. Is there something on my face? As we chat weekly about the runway realness, sickening shade, and backstage buffoonery. That's right, whether it's new episodes of Drag Race US, UK, or All-Stars. Sissy That Pod will spill the tea with a new episode for you within 24 hours. So make good choices and subscribe to Sissy That Pod from the Headstuff Podcast Network and we'll leave you gagging on our eleganza. Now, let the music play! At the start of the show, we mentioned our local fresh and tasty sponsor, Hop House 13. So in this section of the podcast, we're going to ask you, John Relihan, what's hopping? We want to celebrate some of the most vibrant and local food experiences Ireland has to offer. So tell us something you're excited about in the future. I've got a funny feeling that I know what this might be. Mm. Maybe it's an amazing outdoor dining experience you've had recently, a new launch, or maybe a project you've been working on, or a combination of all three. Mm. Um, and always remember, drink responsibly. Mm. So I think I know what's, what's hopping. 12 Fires Christmas event, Bish Bash Bosh. We've talked about what we've just gone through. Break it down for us. The Christmas event, we were talking a little bit about it before the recording started, and it sounds Absolutely. unbelievable. <clears throat> well, where, where do I begin? Look, I just want to create an experience that people will never forget for a very long time, and that is basically 12 Fires Christmas event, which is going to contain of lots of music, storytelling. We got a menu that is going to be unreal. I got Christmas puddings the size of this table, which is a big table. <laughs> it's a big old table. <laughs> it's a big old table. Um, I got whole turkeys. I got hams. I got. I'm looking at making a, a whole traducan as well with all Are the birds do- wrapped no up, way. layered. Look, I'm looking at it. I can't give away too many secrets <laughs> now, but I just gave away a big one. Um, <laughs> you might have gave away a bit more actually yeah. on Saturday night. Exactly. exactly. Uh, and and look, there is going to be a whole animal theater. This is a part of Twelve Fires where we have to cook a whole animal for people to see and showcase when you're driving down that way into the farmyard uh, you will see whole animals cooking um, so something different than the lamb than last time yeah absolutely and then we got some beautiful beer cocktails mm-hmm. we got uh, paired everything is paired up with drinks and, and wines and beers and everything and unreal it's a load of fun so yeah listen I'm excited for that I'm excited I'm, so I'm actually going to purchase a ticket for today yeah, so I'm gonna, I decided actually it goes we're going we're going we're going because we're going. Yeah. like this, oh, I had so much fun I'm, I'm going to dress up as Santa Oh, oh my god! You see, the other thing as well is it's going to be it. a lot darker this time. And what you mentioned later on, right? So where Smoking Soul is, so when it got later on in the evening, so obviously this was a daytime event, but it's going to be a little bit yeah. later in the day. And obviously then you know it's going to be darker in the evenings as well. So one thing that you, you mentioned about this is your yoga place, and I really noticed that you know we're just kind of you're walking out yeah. to the, it's like uh, where the toilet is in yeah. Smoking Soul, and it's pitch dark. It's Next literally pitch dark. At oh night. yeah, can't see your you hand know, in front and of like, you. Like you know, if you look up at the sky, it is quite it's quite amazing because there's you know there's no none of this light pollution, and uh, it's quite special. I'm really looking forward to it. And I know you're probably going to have a few fairy lights up and maybe a few hanging Christmas trees. Oh, tree. no. I, I, I got a whole tree being hung up on the shed. Literally. Well, do you know what? It's like, a whole tree. For two city boys like me and Chris, two good old boys from the town. Like, you know, to actually just go and I tell you, there's just a bit of silence. Oh, yeah. A bit of, 
a bit of darkness and a bit mm. of silence. It's just amazing to not hear like foxes attacking each other, cats <laughs> doing what cats do in the night. <laughs> Like, just <laughs> no, oh. it's it's really quite a special area down there. Um, so, so just just to clarify, it's December the fourth, which is a Saturday, and there's still a few tickets available. Yeah, there is a few tickets available. So you amazing, can, you can check out Twelve Fires on Instagram, and that is T W E one two. Or if you want, you can just check our Instagram or John's or Chris yeah, or yeah. mine yeah. or the Last Bang Instagram. Yeah, and and we and you'll have, have uh, loads of information there on how to buy tickets. So that's 12 fires, and I cannot wait for that event. You'll see me and Marcus there absolutely full of turkey and other birds. And that know? is definitely <laughs> what is happening. Um, that is definitely I'm, what's happening. I'm buzzing for that. Right. Okay. Couple of questions, Mr. Relan. Oh, yeah. Um, listen, we've talked about your incredibly. Uh, well-seasoned and well-travelled past as a chef. But when you have a day off, if yeah. you ever take one, what's your favourite restaurant to visit in Ireland? Like, well, where are you going to oh, eat? Good Anyone? question, good question. Uh, favourite restaurant right now. Now, there is a lot of favourite restaurants, so, yeah. you know, I don't want to get in any trouble here. <laughs> um, one of my favourite places to just go and hang out, because I know him, uh, would be Biscures. Yeah. Brazilian style. Um, you know, look, on my day off, what do I do on my day off? I do videos. Mm-hmm. For hungry for culture, yeah, yeah, about diversity in Ireland, yeah, and this is where I go to eat is during when I'm doing those videos, um, yeah, I, where you can I, get I, like you know, so it, like beef skewers, there is there is a whole concept of putting stuff on a skewer and cooking it over fire, it is. so you can it's, get pork belly, you can get uh, chicken oh, hearts, you yeah. can get like you know just, everything like just, that. Mm. It's mm-hmm. amazing burger in there as well, just so yeah, humble. So, so you, you make me want to taste the burger. I haven't tasted the burger. I'm gonna yeah. actually get one on the way home. No, yeah. it's too early. no, it's just <laughs> never too early for burger. It's never too early. Um, <laughs> Chan, you, you mentioned hungry for culture there and just yeah. about the diversity of food in Ireland. Yeah. And just to just run that, because you just said some before we started recording, you said that um, a taxi driver you met the other day, a wonderful Nigerian guy, has basically offered to take you well, around for, to his house for one thing, but then to a, a range of like African yeah. restaurants around, Look, you know, around I, Dublin. I guess, I guess just to let people know what I'm doing with hungry for culture. So it's a concept that I've kind of come up with where, Look, it's very special to me because going back to, and as you have listened, where I've used to work uh, was Barbacoa. And in that business, there was so many diversity and so many different communities of people that used to work with me. And what is happening in the world these days kind of gets me down and kind of, you know, I say, how am I going to actually do something good about this? Do something positive. So what I want to do is I'm creating amazing positive videos where I'm trying to bring people together. Uh, and like 12 Fires, you bring people together. Yeah. Uh, and with Bruno within the Brazilian community I'm just married recently to a Brazilian as well mm-hmm. so I just wanted to do a lot of different videos on different communities in Ireland and go to the restaurants and mm-hmm. some of the places in the videos that I've done was Sakai Brazilian sushi in Dublin yeah, yeah. Be yeah. Skewers and there's a few other restaurants uh, that I've just kind of hit I up I watched uh, the Pakistani one Pakistani you know look this guy I met on YouTube uh, he's from Pakistan he lives here he sings he's a rapper and everything and uh, no I way. said I said you know what I'm going to message this guy he looks kind of cool why not just <laughs> yeah, message yeah. him and uh, Jaffrey myself and Jaffrey we met for lunch there a few days ago and we're looking at doing some new videos and content together where, you know, look, I'm just in the community of uh, Pakistani people in Ireland and having a lot of fun and cooking and eating Pakistani lots of... Pakistani food is Pakistani lit. food, oh we, my God. It's, it's that, unbelievable. Shout out to some that, Pakistan, amazing Pakistani restaurants yeah, in Dublin as well. Yeah. Like, you know. yeah, that day we went to Passion for Food and we went yep. to Darbara out in Cool Mine mm. and what an experience that was. Just yeah. eating the food in there and seeing the lambs, the Irish lambs that they use, all halal, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Understanding what is halal, understanding everything around the culture and the community and meeting amazing, inspiring mm-hmm. people. Um, it's, it goes beyond, for me, it goes beyond the food. Yeah. yeah. 
for me, it goes well beyond the food. Food is only a, a percentage of what I'm actually trying to do, mm. uh, and that is bringing the people together. Uh, going back to the taxi driver, after the night of bee skewers and eating lots of food, taxi driver shows up, and me mm-hmm. and Bruno are in the back of the car, and we had a good chat, and he said, do you know much about Nigerian food? And I says, I love Nigerian food. Yeah. It's unbelievable. So much different flavors it's and Incredible flavors, yeah. And I started naming out a few things that I just had, the pepper soup and all of that, and mm-hmm. oxtail and jollof rice and everything. Yeah, oh, jo- yeah it's hard to be a good jollof. And, yeah. and then get yeah. a little bit drunk on uh, Nigerian Guinness <laughs> and uh, with three bottles, and that was it. Yeah. And um, Extra was, stout. Extra stout. <laughs> and, and it was just, um, he just turned around and he says, wow, he says, you're good," he says. "You you know your stuff a little bit about Nigerian food." Mm-hmm. I said, "It's comfort food for me. I love this." Yeah. And uh, he says, "You want to meet up on day?" I says, "Absolutely." You know, this is a big fella in the taxi as yeah. well. Like, yeah. And uh, he turned around. And I says, "Look, I would love to do a video. You collect me one day from the house. We drive around in taxi. We'll have a bit of fun. There's no secrets to it. It's all on camera. We go to a few restaurants, and he invited me back to his house to meet his family, and we do some real Nigerian." Uh, food back with his family and amazing. everything and look for me there's no secrets in what I'm doing I just want to do something really amazing for people and to turn this into a show that will inspire people around the world to look at a community but you know, I think and like, deeper into it even when you look at like some of the initiatives that are taken in the west of Ireland with uh, people who are in direct provision are actually you know hosting dinners for people in the community yeah. and like there's, there's reports of kind of like the, the incidents of say something as horrible as racism just dramatically falling mm-hmm. that food we all eat food brings yeah, people yeah, yeah, together yeah. like food destroys that is the essence like, of hungry yeah. culture it's as actually well. like, it, yeah. like yeah. everyone needs to eat and like if you can actually sit down with somebody mm-hmm. and they'll go okay this is our stuff this is fufu this is a goosey this is jollof rice yeah, yeah. yeah this yeah. is a this Mongolian barbecue yeah, anywhere any anything like that mm. um, and yeah. they'll say this is our culture come break bread with us and like that's that, yeah. That's fundamentally what brings people together. I think that's, that's it. Mm. Look, if, if if I could give up, which I have pretty much, I gave up all my other jobs and stuff, and the only thing that I'm doing is working on 12 fires, right, bringing people together, okay? And then I'm doing Hungry for Culture, and I just absolutely love every part, every second of it, meeting random strangers who I don't know, sitting down with them, eating some food, and looking more deeper into the community and actually educating myself. That's why I call it Hungry for Culture. Yeah. Hungry to learn about the culture. Mm-hmm. Food yeah. will always come with that. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely beautiful. Gorgeous. I love John Rellin. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> right. I love you. Right. <laughs> We're going for the big question now, John. We're going for the big question. This is a, this is kind of a question we've asked all uh, all 20, your 20th guest. Um, oh, wow. 20, 20 guests. Wow. We've asked every single one of them this question. We've got some incredible, incredible answers. This question, if you've never listened to uh, That's Bangin' Was Born, when Chris and I were sitting in antisocial one night after a couple of shandies, and um, he, we were talking about death row meals, and he goes, why do they call it a death row meal? Why do they just call it the devil's dessert? And then I said, uh-huh. and he's like, oh, you say really deep, and I just went, the devil's dessert. <laughs> so basically, imagine, John Relihan, that you're, Standing out in a field in Wexford after a 12 hours event and the skies break, the clouds open and suddenly standing before you is a little red guy with a pitchfork. Amazing. And he says, John, Johnny Pickles. Let's go cook. Johnny Pickles. <laughs> on fire. Walter, Walter White style. It's like, man, you think this barbecue is big? You should see hell. Man, right. Come to my hell. I, I'm the original open fire cooker, okay? <laughs> cooking the souls of the damned. Um, no, but basically he said, like, listen, John, 
I'm taking you, but, but we're, we, first of all, you can have any meal. You can have any meal, any amount of courses, and it can be anywhere. Oh, wow. So Any amount of courses? Any amount of yeah. courses. You, could, yeah. you know, this can be quite a quite a luxurious meal if you want it to be. Yeah. You know, you can, you can have anything you want. I mean, right. you know, like, like, there is, I was only thinking there is this kind of technical thing that you can keep any amount of courses. You'd be like, I'll take 75,000 courses spread <laughs> over the next 30 years. How'd you like that? <laughs> like, that. Well, I, I tell you what I will do, right? And I'll give one back. I'm not going to take all the courses I want. I'm just going to take one course. Ah. Right? Ooh. And that'll do. He can take me away after that dinner. Right. That's it. Right. But what it is, it might turn some of the listeners off, but until you try it and until I cook it for you, you will be amazed with it. Right? It is actually a big, massive bowl of tripe. Really? Ooh, it's like a big bowl of, uh, a proper Italian tripe. Tripe alla Romana. Yeah, with Yuck. nice, beautiful, fresh uh, tomatoes that is Cardinal cooked down. celery tomato. Um, okay, so just describe to anyone that doesn't know what tripe is. What, so what tripe, tripe is the uh, fourth stomach of a cow. Yeah. Um, it is the honeycomb. Uh, you cook it all down. Uh, of course, you can soak it uh, overnight, remove all that kind of flavor from it. It's fine. Slow cook it down. You cook it with like uh, onion, lettuce. Or sorry, onion, lettuce, says me. <laughs> onion, carrots, and uh, fennel, and a few different spices in there. Take it out, chop it all up. Beautiful tomatoes, cook them down, and add your tripe in there. A nice big, massive grilled uh, piece of bread, sourdough, or something like that. Rub it with a piece of lemon and garlic, and pour that tripe right directly over on top of it. This is a dish that I remember back in San Francisco with Chris Costantino. That was my after work. It was after the shift. When there's nothing left in the kitchen except tripe, and you just eat a big bowl of tripe, and it just gave you me. You love it. Oh, I love it. Love it. Love it. Am I right in saying that you did jerk tripe recently? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I done <laughs> jerk tripe as well. Yeah. This was down at Smoke and Soul last year. Uh, actually, this year, having a bit of fun. Uh, we done four different, three different types of tripe. One with jerk, uh, one with like lemon and lime and mold and sea salt. Mm-hmm. Um, it was fresh. It was like a tripe salad. And yeah, look, it's it's a really good dish. It's a comfort dish for me. Um, you know, it's a bit That's, hardcore. I'd say the devil would just be like, do you yeah. know what? We've had people who'd be like, I wanted my toes to be in the sand. No, <laughs> no, no, no. I, man, like, just give me a bowl of I tripe. Be, I want to be in Glare. Just give me a bowl of tripe and get on with it. Right? <laughs> that's it. Nothing fancy. I'll eat it on the, off the ground. Get on with it. Right? I think that's probably the most, um, like, the, mo- the, mo- the most unique answer we've had for the devil's deserve. But also, the most interesting answer, like, because obviously it brings you back to a time in San Francisco and like a moment yeah a moment a moment a moment, a moment of being in the shit literally <laughs> uh, after service being screamed at by the chef mm. um, and you're just scoffing down what you could have at late night because yeah. you haven't eaten all day mm. and it was that and you know look mm. it, it's really nutritious it's really good for you it was tasted absolutely amazing yeah I think I said this on Saturday to you, Saturday <laughs> to you but uh, I, th- I find it quite interesting how it seems with open fire cooks, they seem to be, you know, the chefs that are really pushing that knows the tale a lot more. You know, you talk about, you know, sweetbreads, you talk about offal, you talk about all this kind of thing. And Andy, New- Andy Newland's always talking about it, you're always talking about it. And I think, you know, probably when it, probably the way it's cooked, it makes it more tasty. It makes it, you know, it gives it that yeah. extra flavor. You know, it's, it's something really interesting that, uh, you know, I think you just, I, I only ever heard of it when I heard, at least talked mm. to Andy Newland, I talked to someone like yourself. Mm. And was that, would that be something you're more interested in, uh, in taking yeah. on as well? Yeah, absolutely. Look, cooking offal over fire, cooking fish over fire, not a lot of people do it. Um, I do love challenges, challenges to, to make something that is an off cut. For me, when you kill an animal, you should respect the whole animal and you should use everything of that animal. Uh, and you should cook it and give it the respect that it needs and cook it humbly over fire. Uh, it, literally, you're taking everything back 
way back in time mm-hmm. and you're using raw ingredients. You're using the whole animal, you're using fire, you're using some simple key ingredients to enhance the flavor and there is no bull about it. Yeah. It's straight to the point in your face. There you go. I want to I want to eat some offal right now. Well, we <laughs> should do a, an awful day and you can do another podcast on it. Sounds good. There we I'm go. There. there we go. Don't threaten me with a good time. Yeah, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank you, John Relan. Absolutely Thank amazing. Thank you so much, John. Absolutely this amazing. Been, this has been beautiful. Thank you so much. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. You can check out John on Instagram at John Relihan. And if you want to attend what we are saying is the event of the foodie calendar, check out 12 Fire spelled T-W-E-1-2-V-E-F-I-R-E-S. Lovely. There we go. Got it right this time. Um, uh, brilliant. Marcus. Listen, this has been a pleasure. I'm still on a high from uh, from the weekend. And thank you very much for being our first regional episode. Technically regional. Yeah. Um, and listen, to you with headphones in your ear, you might have us playing over a little speaker. Thank you for taking the time to listen to us. Uh, we're back next week with more tales and adventures of the culinary landscape. And thanks, as always, to our legendary, wonderful sponsors, Hop House 13. They're what's hopping. And we're that's banging. Get the facts. Be drink aware. Visit drinkaware.ie. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com.